Hey everyone, welcome back to the Jamie Star Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode. So my guest today was featured in the Broadway musical Hamilton, and she's even featured on Disney Plus in the Hamill film. My guest today is Hope Easterbrook. Going into Hamilton, did you have any idea that the show was going to be like this huge, you know, phenomenon? I did not. I mean, I, when I knew, the thing is, is that I knew about Hamilton. Like I wasn't an original Broadway cast member, so I didn't mm-hmm. create the show from the ground up. Um, and in some ways I really was a fan, you know, I had heard about, um, I had heard about this show. It was downtown. And, um, I, I think my, my old hip hop teacher, who's like my mentor turned best friend, she like, she told me, she's like, this, this like hip hop musical. And I just feel like you'd be really good in it, you know, cause it kind of incorporates my, my style of dance and, mm-hmm. and also like musical theater, which I'm just, I'm, I'm a, mm-hmm. a nerd for. So I, I ended up going to like, it was, it's called stage door connections. They, they have these like sort of classes for, mm-hmm. for people. They let you network and introduce yourself to, to these people. And so I learned my shot for the first time and it was like, this bootleg version of Lynn singing, yeah. um, like literally a recording of the live performance. And cause the, the soundtrack hadn't even come out yet. And yeah. I'm learning my shot for the first time. And I'm just like, uh, like obsessed. I mean, I've never, I've been dancing since I was a kid, you know? Yeah. And I've had a lot of cool projects I've been a part of, but this was the first time that movement sort of spoke to me in a way that like, I had never experienced before. Mm-hmm. It just felt so natural in my body and I was just hooked. And so that's when I, I introduced myself to the associate choreographer who taught the class, Stephanie Clemens. And I was like, hey, uh, my name's Hope. And I like I did a little networking. I was like, oh, you know, my friend, whatever. And so um, I think that definitely helped taking the class, having the um, experience at least with the movement when mm-hmm. I when I did end up auditioning. So to answer your question, I didn't know it was going to be a, the phenomenon that it was just because it was so early on my journey. Mm-hmm. But and then even once I was in it, it still was like a pinch me moment every day because like yeah. every day it was like, what is wh- who's here? Yeah, oh, Madonna. Oh, Meryl Streep. Like it was just like a crazy whirlwind. So. No. <laughs> Were you familiar with like In the Heights and Lynn and all that kind of stuff before you uh, you began your Hamilton experience? Yeah, I I mean, I knew In the Heights. I, I had never actually seen In the Heights, unfortunately. Um, but I remember watching the Tony Award performance of In the Heights. And so I came from a family of performers. My Both my parents, they met doing a show and like mm-hmm. my dad was on Broadway. So I have this like every year we'd sit down and watch the tony awards together you know like it was bigger than the oscars because we cared more yeah that's like me i care more about the tonys and the oscars are you kidding and it's actual talent like come on um sorry that sounded rude but you know what i mean i know exactly what you mean (laughs) yeah so i uh i remember when in the heights was performing and we we just watched this like performance and we were just like stunned and my mom turns to me and goes oh she's like hip-hop on broadway she's like i could totally see you doing that one day hope and i was like noted 
And I remember I'm at the Tony Awards, I'm in Hamilton, and I'm like, Mom, I did it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it was very, it was a, just a full circle moment. There were so many full circle moments for my Tony Award per, like experience, more so than probably any other cast member. Yeah. Because we did the Tony Awards at the Beacon Theater instead of Radio City that year. Mm-hmm. So usually the Tony Awards are at Radio City and it's so magical. And yeah. Whatever. This, that year, it wasn't, we could have, I guess the Tonys could have booked Radio City. And so they were at the Beacon Theater. I literally trained at Steps on Broadway, right above Fairway, across the street from the Beacon Theater. Full circle. Full circle. I'm literally looking, I'm in the Beacon Theater, I'm about to do the perform at the Tony Awards, and I look across the street, and I'm like, everything you've learned, like, leading up to this point, was in that building. Yeah. Like, the coolest moment. I was like, dang. Look at the universe. Oh, yeah. How did you get used to those turntables on Broadway? Like, did you have to, I know a lot of, there's probably a lot of practice, but like, what, you know, how did you stay up on your feet? Like, how did you teach yourself to stay up on your feet? What's crazy is that you learn the show without a turntable. Like, I learned the show without a turntable where they'll say to you, okay, and now this is when the turntable moves and you go from this point and then you end up over here. But if I just did it in sequence and I walked to that spot, like it wouldn't get me there on time because mm-hmm. the turntable, like it, it like adds five steps. Yeah. Step. And so it's really challenging that first time you get on the turntable and you, they literally turn it on and you just, you practice like jumping off and on the turntable. Mm-hmm. Because you just have to understand there's a couple times in probably everyone's track that, so there's two turntables, right? There's the outer rim ring and they're the inner ring and sometimes they move at the same uh the same way mm-hmm. um, and then sometimes they move the opposite directions and so there was this one part of my track where I have a chair and I have to walk off stage but like both of them are moving this way Oy. And, so, and so I'm like you have to like move with it and then move against it's like the weirdest it's like a, there's like a science behind it literally and and one one day if you're just like you're not on it and you forget you're like oh and i'm tripping over myself (laughs) so it's it's definitely a challenge but i think now that the tours at least they they created like as far as i remember they created in the space that they were rehearsing in they created like a turntable that like moved so i think for the tour casts when they were creating those those versions of Hamilton, mm-hmm. I think they got a turntable because they, yeah, they definitely... You need one for Hamilton. You need one. Yeah. I'm sure it must have been a weekly or maybe even showly basis when someone, something has something, someone does something like a mishap with a turntable. Was that often? Oh, yeah. I've, like, very often. And, and it's funny, like, sometimes it just wouldn't move. Like, sometimes it's, like, supposed to move and then it just didn't for whatever reason yeah. I don't think it had anything to do with like somebody not like missing a call or whatever but mm-hmm. sometimes it didn't move and we would just love it because it's so funny like one time it didn't move during Skylar Sisters and there's this whole section where it's like that whole um mm-hmm. uh, yeah, yeah. sequel yeah. right and uh-huh. the girls are in their hands and they're doing their little circle there is 
and then there's the outer rim and but everyone's doing a circle around them and so you don't even realize like like i said every step is like five steps and so we're just skipping to our spots like trying to like literally run to where we have to end up so but that's what we love about live theater yeah and I'm sure there are moments where like, oh, no, like when it comes on, like it doesn't, it's like a delay. And then it finally turns on. And you're like, oh, yep. literally. Yeah. Do you have a favorite number in the show? So I have a few, I have a few favorite numbers. My favorite number, well, my favorite song of the show is Wait For It. I think it's the best. I think it's just one of the most well-written songs in musical theater period like Mm -hmm. I just and then on top of that like being able to sing it and you know not I I know it sounds kind of weird but like I wasn't dance like we're not dancing in that number Mm -hmm. so it really is just sitting and singing a song and really just like soaking it all in yeah so I loved that number because I get to watch Leslie Odom Jr. do his thing and he's like the best actor in the world and then you know like getting to watch him and then getting to just sit and sing and and be and be very present and not have to think about the turntable the props the partnering the this you know just like it was such a relief and it was like I think it was my favorite like just like life doesn't discriminate it's just it's the most oh those lyrics just get me every time so yeah I think dance wise probably Yorktown, just because I just feel like a mm-hmm. say that yeah um, yeah I feel like a badass because I'm like in this I'm just like I love I've always loved more like masculine type movement yeah because it makes me feel like like a badass yeah and so I love like being one of the guys and like you know mm-hmm. able to to fight in the war with the guys like it just feels really cool so, yeah Yorktown. What has been like a standout moment for you when it comes to Hamilton? Is there like been a certain celebrity that you never thought in a million years you'd be performing in front of that came or anything wow. like that? I have like I have so many, <laughs> but like I would say probably one of the most memorable shows was the the one when when Mike Pence came. Um, I think that was probably one of the most memorable ones, only because of the of the the commentary that went along with that if that makes sense yeah I I don't know if you remember it all but it was very intense yeah um and so I just remember that show feeling this like this energy and wanting to just give this person that story and and like I don't know change their mind a little bit and yeah and then but I would say like I have this story and I I tell it all the time because it, it literally was like a pinch me pinch me moment um so I hadn't joined like I joined the cast yeah um, I, was, I was in rehearsals and I hadn't been on stage yet mm-hmm. and I just started kind of getting more comfortable with the cast and and going backstage and and you know kikiing with yeah. all the people and and I finally go backstage and because like you know you're supposed to be watching the show but then you also need to watch like what's happening behind the scenes Uh uh-huh no whatever so I was kind of in that process and I go backstage and everyone's chatting and talking and I'm like what are we talking about and they're like oh we just got an email from Prince's PR and I'm like Prince Prince like like Prince Prince and they're like yeah Prince and I'm like what (laughs) like he wants us to come to this party downtown and I'm like 
oh my god what <laughs> and I'm like thank god I look halfway decent like I have a dress on and mm-hmm. makeup and like I look decent I'm not wearing sweats right now so after the show it's like 11 o'clock we go downtown mind you I think it's a Friday it's a Friday night so we had two shows the next day mm-hmm. and it's like his memoir he had like a memoir or something that came out yeah I think it was his his release party for that and so we went downtown and it's this little it's this little club um and it's an open bar and we're just drinking and it's we're just having the best time Mm -hmm. and and there's celebrities like like spike lee is at our table and like i see trevor noah i see a bunch of snl people and i'm like what like i'm in this room like what the heck Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden i just remember anthony like comes up to me or yells at me from across the room across the table and he goes hope he goes welcome to the family and i'm like oh my god like this is like a dream like this is so much more fun than you know just doing the show it's like Mm -hmm. wow i really get to like be friends with you guys yeah have cool experiences and it wasn't until like 2 a.m or something and we're like we've been drinking all night 2 a.m prince comes out he goes, shut up all the lights. And so all the lights dim and you just see like his silhouette. Yeah. And he, it's like a, it's like there's a platform up there and there's like a yeah. keyboard and he plays the keyboard. He plays his guitar. He plays all of his hits for us. And I'm like, and we have no footage. We weren't allowed to, we are, we had to put our phones away. Yeah. Um, but it's just this vivid memory of his silhouette because all the lights are off. Like you could not see his face, mm-hmm. but you saw his afro and you saw Prince and you're just, I just was like, this is the best night of my life. <laughs> like, And so that is the most memorable Hamilton experience. And it has nothing to do with the show. But, but you got to party at a, you get to go to a Prince party. Exactly. And unfortunately he passed away like a, a week or two later. Oh my that God. Was- that was one of his last performances, at least in New York. Yeah. But overall, like, it, one of his last performances. So oh, my God. That's it crazy. It felt like it was just so memorable and impactful. And it was just, yeah, that's my favorite story. That's wild. Wild. Meanwhile, you have all these other A-listers in the room with you. And you're like, who do I talk to first? Do I go introduce myself? Do I tell, do I fangirl? Do I just play it cool? I, like, I cool? Like, do they come up to me? I'm like, it, yeah, it's a lot. At, at some point, though, like, when they come to see the show, you know, I had, like, this, I was fearless. I walked up to all these celebrities, and I was like, hey, thanks for coming. And, and it's this weird thing where you're like, I grew up watching this person. Mm-hmm. I admired this person. And now they're telling me how great the show was. Mm-hmm. And you're like, stop. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's just crazy. Like, and, and that's the thing is, like, that's probably what gave me the the confidence to do that was just the fact that like you came to see me and you you liked it so much that you stayed backstage you wanted to meet us so Mm -hmm. I'm gonna go up and tell you you're awesome and I admire you also can I get a picture yeah move on you know do you have a whole like album of pictures of you with like celebrities that have come to the show yes yes amazing you have to like yeah you have to it's like a souvenir exactly exactly yeah. If I were at that Prince party, I literally would, like, go find, I don't know, like, Pippa or Renee and be like, okay, 
what do I do? How do I contain myself? And just, like, find someone and just follow them around and make, like, make sure I play, keep it cool. Yeah, yeah, I, it was, it, it was a lot. I probably don't have that type of confidence anymore, though. I think that went away. Yeah. I think it was just, like, being in that show, like, gave you this sort of, like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I would just follow, find somebody who's been on Broadway for a while and who may or may not have done something like this before and be like, okay, help me out here. Well, I mean, and like, Renee was kind of like that. And a lot of those people were very much like, I, I mean, they're veterans, you know? Mm-hmm. I like that was, that, this, this was my first ever show, you know? Yeah. So it was just like, I looked up to them like that. And I look, and I, and I admired, like, Chris Jackson was like, my dad like he yeah. was like my show, my show dad and I mean that because like we've we had conversations where it was like you know talked about our dreams and talked about our mm-hmm. things and like it was it was just nice to have people that like cared so much had all this experience and were able to like mentor me in that way so I felt mm-hmm. like that was that was just like a really cool and oh, really yeah. We really liked each other too like yeah. it was it was cool to like be in an environment where everyone got along and were cool and friends and like I said I think that really helped was like it's not like I just show up and see these people every day in the building it's mm-hmm. like we partied and we hung out and we actually chose to be around each other outside so mm-hmm. it's like real relationships so yeah be honest have you gone back and watched yourself on Disney plus yeah I yeah have. Yeah, that's, like, another, like, life goal is saying that you're on a Disney platform. Can you believe it? Like, I, when I heard that it was going to be on Disney, I mean, being able to film that show in and of itself was, like, super, like, it was huge because it's, like, oh, wow, you're going to be, it immortalized almost, like, forever. Mm -hmm. And so at that point, I didn't really care, right, like, who ends up buying this movie. Right. Um... And Disney Plus hadn't even come out five years ago. So right. I didn't even know that that was a thing. And so then they were like, yeah, it's going to be on Disney Plus. And I'm like, am I going to be, does that make me a Disney princess? Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that make me like, am I a Disney princess now? So I, I laugh about that, but it's true. It's like, I, what a dream. Like I'm a Disney kid. Like me too. Oh, forever and always, forever and always. Like what's your favorite Disney movie? Well, movie-wise, I'm very old school. Like, Snow White has been, like, my diehard since I was, like, two. Like, two, three years old every year for Halloween from, for, since I was a little kid. Not, but, like, Snow. But, like, if we're talking more recent. <sighs> There's so many. Maybe Moana? I probably would say Moana. I just think the music and the story is so good. But Frozen 2? Oh, Frozen 2 is a gr- amazing. Frozen 2 is outstanding. <laughs> and so out of current ones, I would say Moana and Frozen 2. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually recently watched Rapunzel, watched a Tangled. Tangled? And I like, because I don't, I don't know. It's like there was a point in time where like you grew up watching Disney Channel, Disney Channel, Disney Channel and Disney movies. Mm-hmm. And then. And then you kind of are like, oh, I'm too old for that. Like, I'm growing out Yeah, of and then you... In that time when Tangled came out and Princess and the Frog came out, and I didn't watch them because I was like, oh, I don't really like whatever. And, like, what was I sleeping on? Tangled is so good. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say old school, I'm a Hercules. 
good I one. Love. I love the music in Hercules. I love the music in Hercules. I love the music in Tarzan. The music in Tarzan is one of a kind. Yeah, well, it's, it's Phil Collins. Phil Collins going off. Um, I just always wanted to be Megara. Like, yeah. Meg is like my my girl. Meg's <laughs> a badass. She is a badass, and she just doesn't give a flying F about what anyone thinks. Exactly. <laughs> I love that about her. She's not. She's just not like a Disney princess. Like, she's not. She like your typical, like, like, princess. Yeah. Yeah. I also do love the music in Beauty and the Beast and Little Mermaid. I know. And even Pocahontas. Pocahontas. I mean, it's hard to pick just one. I mean, if I, I really had to, it would be Snow, but, like there's something good about every disney movie possible i know even maybe sleeping beauty even though sleeping beauty to me is really slow it's a sleeper it's a sleeper for me but but you're right there is there are songs that are so iconic from sleeping beauty that are just like wow but yeah i would say probably hercules beauty and the beast we really we watched a lot oh yeah we watched that one a lot and then, but I'm like, I'm so happy that like, it's transitioned into stories like Frozen and Moana and like having them not really rely on their like Prince Charming. Yeah. Like, like the Snow White story, as much as like, I love Snow White, it's like that storyline was just so calm, such a common theme. For- yeah. From the thirties. Right. And then now it's like, oh wait. Let's just have a badass girl and and save their family. Like let's just like let's just do that. Like Mulan. Like Mulan. Yeah, Mulan just saves China. Just the whole country, yeah. Yeah, she just um, she just saves the country. So no big deal. In a day's work, chops off her hair. Oh, and goes and saves the country. Eh. Yeah, I love a good Disney movie. I love a good anything Disney. I tried watching Sleeping Beauty again, like right when disney plus came out yeah and it was very slow moving yeah Yeah. i'm just like this is the slowest disney princess movie i think out of all of them yeah well it's called sleeping beauty so (laughs) i guess that's why it's called (laughs) yeah what was the inspiration behind dance for hope Great question. I love questions about dance for hope um so i i actually once i left the show uh I got to, oh, my ears are ringing. What a, what a weird sensation. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, my ADD is kicking in. So once I left Hamilton, I was able to travel um, and kind of travel really for the first time as an adult. I, yeah. I really hadn't, hadn't ever done that before. And so being able to travel and work was really cool. Um, it's still one of my favorite things to do. Yeah. Um, and I, I got introduced to this company called Mind Leaps. One mm-hmm. of my friends, he's in The Lion King, and he he went out to Africa and worked with Misty Copeland um, with this company. And so I did some research on the company, and 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 it basically has this this dance curriculum oh. that uses sort of the cognitive skills that you learn through your dance classes. Um, to help introduce these kids, these street kids, mm-hmm. to to education. Because ah. there's really no education system in these types of countries. Um, and so I was just so empowered by that 
like, because dance has always saved my life and, mm-hmm. and, and gave given me so much opportunity. Mm-hmm. But to know that, like, these kids that are literally getting off the street because of their dance training, mm-hmm. um, allowing them the opportunity to learn other uh, disciplines. Yeah. I was like, whoa, let me be a part of this. So I reached out to that director and was like, hey, you know, like, here's my resume and I would love to do... Um, to work on the field like I I, I want to I want to go to Africa and yeah it was like three years like I was she didn't there was no position for me and then all of a sudden it was like 2018 or something and I I got to go out there and I went to Rwanda actually That's and so cool. it was amazing like you know obviously it was a huge culture shock for for just the obvious reasons mm-hmm. I mean you know like not having running water or after a long day of dancing, like, and you can't really shower. Like there were so many mm-hmm. things like that, but it's like, none of that mattered. Yeah. I was doing what I love. Like I was finding, I was finding my purpose. Yeah. You know? And and I was really embodying, um, like embodying my purpose. I was able to train these dancers and work with them and and get to know them and learn about their culture and yeah and all and all these things and so that trip to Rwanda really changed my life and I came back to New York and and I kind of was just doing the same thing I used to do of like auditioning and whatnot I had like it was around the time when like these poor families were getting separated from their children at the border Mm -hmm. and I was just like obviously devastated as a lot of people were and I had met someone that was working with those types of kids Mm -hmm. um kids that were undocumented and um you know their families were like they were trying to find their families yeah and I was like I want to give them an experience and like why don't we give them a dance class ah and so I was able to work with these undocumented kids and and give them an opportunity that you know, hopefully they'll never forget. Mm-hmm. And so that was sort of the origin of Dance for Hope was working with undocumented kids because, you know, what dance is, is a, is a universal language, mm-hmm. right? Like it's a part of their culture, yeah. um, especially music and, and movement. It's a part of their culture. It's something they already know. So even if I don't know their language, um, a lot of the times it was Spanish, but a lot of the times it was an indigenous language that wasn't Spanish. So they don't know English or Spanish and they're coming to the States and they are lost and they don't have their parents and they don't have any family. Mm -hmm. And so if I can give them that hope and that sort of, um, yeah, like that, that, uh, honestly, what I what I what I look at their experience in America is devastating. Yeah. Oh, you know? and it's like I want to let them know that we're not all bad, and we do want to help you, and we do want you to you know have a good life. And so mm-hmm. I want to cultivate like a, a a person and help them through that pain and that suffering. Yeah. Through the arts, because mm-hmm. like that's how we did it. You yeah. know, it's like. Mm-hmm. everything I've I've been through and I've overcome has been be- because I've had that outlet yeah and, and I've had that therapeutic thing in my life and so I want to give that to kids that love it love it and can't can't process all those things and need help and so so that was the origin of Dance for Hope I love it I love it love it love it so I have some fun questions because okay. why not 
What was your first Broadway show that you ever saw? Oh my gosh. Um, I think I was 11 and I actually saw, a, it was the crazy, it was a Cheetah Rivera's one woman show. Oh, that's right. I've, that's like one that I've never heard. Cheetah yeah, Rivera's one woman random. show. It was super random. Like I, my sister, my sister got to see so many Broadway shows and I didn't like, she got to see the Lion King sound of music. She just like always asked for, for, and I, and I didn't ever get to like watch them with her. Cause she took her friends mm-hmm. and then I never did. And then finally I got to see this. It's called, um, a dancer's life. Oh. Rivera. And mind you, I come from my, my parents have like a huge network of yeah. people they were, they were in theater. I got to meet Cheetah Rivera backstage. I Amazing. was freaking out. I remember her being like, what did you think of the show? Like genuinely, I'm like this little girl. I'm like, I thought it was so good. Like I'm a dancer too. And I loved the show. It was so good. Mind you, I don't know how old Cheetah Rivera was when she did this show, but it was her entire career in a show. It was like her growing up and 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 getting into West Side and getting into these shows. Mm-hmm. It was just like, and then she was doing the dances full out, like full, full Damn. Like, Jerome Robbins, like doing America. And so we got to see little, basically little clips of her life and her journey. And it was such an amazing first experience to a Broadway show. I'm meeting Cheetah Rivera. I didn't know who Cheetah Rivera was when I was 11. Like, yeah. Now it's like, uh. Now I'm like, girl, Cheetah Rivera? And yeah. Yeah. That was my first Broadway show. After you said that, the next person who needs to do that is Stephanie J. Block. She needs to do a one woman show about her whole career. Her career, I would love that. Oh, I would. I would go to that. Yeah, for sure. I just saw something on Instagram. Someone put on. Someone went to a drag show in New York, and the finale of the drag show was uh, Stephanie J. Block Megamix. And this drag queen did a whole thing. She did the the drag queen did the Tony speech. Did like everything. This whole thing just about Stephanie J. Block's career. Oh my god! I need to see. Is that on YouTube? Mm-hmm. I'm sure, or YouTube, or Instagram, or something. I don't know how I found it, but I came up on my uh, Stephanie re uh, re uh, shared it on her oh, Instagram story. Got it. That's crazy. I love it. And I'm like, this is really freaking cool. Gold, gold. Yeah, because that woman is Meryl Streep. Yes, she's our Meryl Streep. Mm-hmm. She's the Meryl Streep of this generation. Yeah. She's like the Cheetah Rivera of this generation. I, I agree with that. Yeah. yeah. Or the uh, Patty Lapone or the... Right. You know, that's what the the kids of, like, today are going to be looking up to when, like, you know, Patty Lapone and Cheetah Rivera are, like, six feet under. Gone. I know. God bless. Yeah. Who are some of your dream co-stars? Stephanie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I... Oh, wow. That's a great question. I mean, it's funny. I got to work with a lot of them. Yeah, you could. You already crossed Lin-Manuel Miranda off the list. I mean, like, that's so... check, check mark. Um, let me see. Mm. I. Jeremy Jordan. Nice. I would love to play his uh, counterpart. Yeah. Um, Jack and Catherine. <laughs> oh, 
last five years, maybe, um, my version. Um, I actually, I mean, that's a dream role. I would love to be in last five years. Um, although I, I don't know if I, I don't know. I feel like I'd be, I'd be good anyway. I'm like, I'm trying to think like, do I just love the music or do I really think that I could play her? (laughs) If I had vocal, good vocal cords, I would say that my dream role is Alphaba. Oh, for sure. But I don't have the chords for that. I mean, very few do, to be honest. Yeah. I think I would love to play uh, Jenna in Waitress. Good one. I love that role. Mm -hmm. I think, and what I love, what I'm excited about is like, I don't think I'm ready for it. Like, I think that I need a couple more years of experience of life and all of these things. But Mm -hmm. like in my 30s, I would love to play Jenna. Oh, because I I vocally think I could do that part. Yeah, um, but I mean, there's only like two songs where you really gotta, you know, belt. Belt. You have "She Used to Be Mine" and "What Baking Can Do," and otherwise, it's pretty simple. Pretty solid. I mean, yeah, and it's just it's just a fun story, and like I love, I just love it. I love that musical so much. Oh yeah, I missed it when I was uh, on t- when it, the tour came through Michigan because I was out of town or something. I forgot where I was, but I was out of town. And I was like, mm, but back on Broadway. Yeah, it's back on Broadway, and hopefully, I mean, if they. It's so weird because it's like waitress left, came back after COVID, which I'm like, wow, you guys had the money to do that. Like that's crazy. And then same with Beetlejuice. Yeah, you, I, Beetlejuice. It closed and now it's back, and I'm like, work. I well, love, love is, shows will like- Alex Brightman return? That's the question, and I'm assuming the answer is probably yes. I would hope so, but. We'll see. I um, try auditioning for the for the girl for the little girl for Lydia. Yeah, dead mom. <laughs> I love. I love. I think I was like, if I can still play a kid, like let me take let me take advantage of that for as long as I can. If Dana Steingold can do it, anyone can do it. Dana Steingold played was the understudy for Lydia, and she was like, she's like in her mid thirties, and she did it. Listen, let's go. Oh yeah, do you have any pre show rituals? Probably listening to like Eminem in my headphones. <laughs> like, that's like hey. the best. I mean, I mean, that's my pre. That's my pre audition. Like I like it. Is just like losing the music, the moment you want it, you better never let it go. Hey. <laughs> I'm just like, you got this, kid. Like you can do anything. Um, I should have stretched every every show afterwards. I'm like, you should have stretched more. Like, mm-hmm. it's just it's one of those things. You're just it's almost like nothing can really prepare you, or, or yeah, you you can never warm up enough for a show like Hamilton because it's just it's a freaking marathon. Yeah, what is a fun fact that not a lot of people know about you? Hey, um, oh my gosh. Fun fact, I, I'm like such a, well, I mean, most people probably already know, like when they meet me that I'm, I'm a tomboy, but I really like love like sports and I get like totally geeked out about like yeah baseball, like the Yankees. I love the Yankees. Um, I also like do um, on the side, some like Muay Thai, like boxing. Ooh. So like, People probably wouldn't know that about me. Um, But I just, I like doing like, I like doing things outside of my craft and seeing if it's like, you know, 
something I can be passionate about. And like boxing was like definitely something over quarantine that like mm-hmm. I started and I was like, wait a minute, I really like this. Like, yeah. And it's mentally challenging and, and like physically exhausting. And so I'm like, yeah, perfect. what the hell? We love it. Yeah. Once again, I've been speaking with Hope Easterbrook from Broadway's Hamilton. I will see you all in my next episode where I am chatting with entertainment journalist Kristen Burt.